It's not your job to sell the product. It's your job to build awareness. And I think that once we understand that and can articulate that even sometimes to brands, because a lot of times even brands are starting, especially if they're smaller, this shift of not having to sell it, but rather just have it be a name so that when they do need a vacuum, six months down the road, they walk into a store where maybe that vacuum was from. And now they're going to choose the vacuum that you talked about because they it's in their head. It's that brand awareness of, oh, that's a product that so-and-so used. And they said it was great for dog hair. That's what it's supposed to be about. Not about creating a blog post about this wonderful vacuum and you're going to sell it from your site. That's not going to happen. People don't shop like that anymore. Welcome to Mom Blogging Unplugged, where we go behind the scenes on all the things that people won't tell you about this crazy mom blogging world. I'm your host, Erica. I'm a mom of two, marketing expert, blogger behind Mumbreak, and lover of all things deep fried. I think that this world of mom blogging is a bit too cagey, so I am going to bring on guests for you who will answer all the tough questions and things that people don't usually talk about. I want to help take your blog to the next level by giving you the real information without beating around the bush. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining me here today. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Jenny is my business coach and she has basically done everything from the perspective of mom blogger, business coach, recipe, creating extraordinaire. You've literally done everything, Jenny. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to speak to your audience. Oh, and it's such an important topic because what I've asked Jenny to talk about is pitching and pitching brands. And for me, that's one of my primary revenue streams for mom break. But it's one of the things that's the most confusing to people just starting out in the blogging world. So maybe before we get started, can you just introduce a little bit about yourself and your family and the businesses that you're the businesses that you have run and are running now because you're so busy. Yes, no, of course. So um, I started off my lifestyle blog, The Melrose Family, nine years ago. I actually just sold it about a month and a half ago. Um and During the time of having that site, I was also a full-time teacher in the inner city school districts as a reading specialist. And I, when I started nine years ago, my oldest daughter, who is now nine and a half, was six months. Um, So we have always gone through creating the content and building the blog was with little ones and also working full time. So I know what it's like not to have a ton of time and trying to do everything kind of on the side, almost as like a side hustle is what it kind of started off as. And my primary income was made from working with brands. And I was never a huge blogger. People assume that you need to have a certain amount of page views or a huge number of followers on social media. That just wasn't the Melrose family. I didn't have a ton of time to be able to put into it. I know you and I talk about, Erica, about how little time you often have when you have little ones. And that Mm -hmm. was definitely the case for me. Um, 
So being able to use the time wisely and kind of figure out a way that set me apart, I really understood my audience and I was able to sell that to the brands because they wanted to get in front of that audience. So um, I now have a course that kind of walks bloggers through how to actually pitch and I have a membership site, a podcast, all of the things you could kind of say to really try to help bloggers turn what they call just a blog into a business so they can provide for their families and do the things that they want to be able to do for their families. And I love that so much because you often refer to blogs as businesses and we don't typically think of ourselves in that way inherently. And I think that really translates into pitching and how you approach pitching as well. Yes. You have to know your value. And I think it starts with just honestly, it starts with how you talk about it with your family and friends, because those are the first people that you're really learning how to pitch about what it is that you do when you get into that mindset of this is just not just a blog. It is a business for me. I want to see this go somewhere and make me income and a revenue. They'll start treating it that way too. Well, it's so funny because I think for the most part, most people, bloggers or stay-at-home moms who start off that way struggle with convincing their family that it's a business. And one of the things that I've done recently is when I talk about working on my blog, I say, I work part-time or I'm going to go do some work. I don't say I'm just going to go blog. Yes, it is. It's how you present yourself. Absolutely. It's how you pitch it and you explain exactly what it is that you do and being able to talk about what it is that you do. What's the value that you're providing for your audience? And once you understand that, it just becomes, that's, that's your business plan. That's what you, that those are your people. Like it just all can start to fall into place once you understand that. Okay. So let's take a step back and we have, um, a new mom who's ventured into the blogging world. She, she has a great blog. She has a, a smaller, but more engaged following And she really wants to start pitching. But I mean, I know from experience when I first started before I took your course, and uh, we can talk about that a bit later, but I took Jenny's course and it's been the backbone of my pitching strategy. I really had no idea where I was going, where to start, what to do. It's such a, almost an overwhelming process, right? Because there's a million different components. Oh, geez. Just thinking about all the things that are involved. So how do you approach just starting into the world of pitching? What's the first step in your mind? So in my mind, I think that the first thing is really understanding the difference between a sponsored sponsored post and doing an affiliate product review. I think you have to understand. And I think the lines were very much blurred years ago where people would be doing a sponsored post and it'd be a straight up review of like a vacuum. And I think that the, those days have gone. Like you're not, when you do a sponsor post, it's about bringing awareness to, about that brand. So it has to be a product that you can naturally weave into the content that you create. So if you're a recipe blogger and a vacuum company approaches you, you can't talk about a vacuum cleaner. Talk about your five cleaning tips. Like that just doesn't make any sense. It has to be something that fits for your audience. So I always tell people like, look and see what's in your home. What are in your cabinets? What's in your pantry? What's in your makeup drawer? What's on your desk? What are the clothes your kids wear? Like if you're a mom blogger and you're talking about your kids, what products are you using with your kids? Because 
those products are going to come across the most authentic. And it's going to be that much easier for you to talk about those products with your audience in ways in which they're used to you talking to them. Now, I know I bring up the whole review thing. And if you do straight reviews, that's fine. And that's, I'm not really kind of, that's a review blog and that's fine to do a review that way. But if you're not a review blog and let's say you're a mom blogger and you're talking about, uh, you have Revlon reach out to you to try out something or whatever it might be. You can't just tell me about this great new cream that Revlon has. You need to weave it into a story that you would normally tell me. Give me that value that I'm used to finding and getting from you. That's fantastic. And you're right. It's totally changed over time because even when I first starting my, started my blog, it was, hey, I went to this place and it was awesome because of X, Y, and Z. Um, so can you, to get an idea of what sponsored posts are moving into, can you give a couple examples or one or two examples of how that would fit into something a little bit more organic and natural? Absolutely. Um, so let's go back to that vacuum example. So let's say you're a mom blogger and you need a vacuum, you use a vacuum in your house and you're used to maybe providing your audience with cleaning tips or ways to tidy up. That's what you would want to turn that vacuum, that sponsored post from the vacuum into then. So instead of talking about the vacuum and all of its features and how great it is, instead you're going to give me five um, cleaning tips for the holidays or before family comes to visit, whatever it might be. And one of those tips out of the five is going to be, oh, this great vacuum. Yeah, if you have dogs, it's perfect for it because it lifts up all the hair and it has, it's only one of the tips. It's not the entire post you trying to sell the vacuum because that's the thing about sponsor work. It's not your job to sell the product. It's your job to build awareness. And I think that once we understand that and can articulate that even sometimes to brands, because a lot of times even brands are starting, especially if they're smaller, this shift of not having to sell it, but rather just have it be a name so that when they do need a vacuum six months down the road, they walk into a store where maybe that vacuum was from, and now they're going to choose the vacuum that you talked about because they it's in their head. It's that brand awareness of, oh, that's a product that so-and-so used, and they said it was great for dog hair. That's what it's supposed to be about, not about creating a blog post about this wonderful vacuum and you're going to sell it from your site. That's not going to happen. People don't shop like that anymore. That's such a refreshing perspective. And it also, I know that there's a lot of talk in influencer space about people selling out or hopping on certain campaigns. You see everyone on T, Teeny or George watches or whatever. At that point, then you're building trust and credibility with your audience because it just, it fits into something you're already doing. Yes. Absolutely. And this is when you're depending upon like what your niche is, as far as like what you talk about, are you a mom blogger? Are you a food blogger? Like, what are you doing? Like uh, for me, I was lifestyle, so I could make it fit for anything under the sun. But one of the best examples that I always use, and I'm sure you probably heard me use this example, Erica, is when I had a trash bag company come to me and said they wanted me to do a four day smell challenge where they wanted me to keep the garbage in my house for four days. They were going to pay me $1,000 for the post. But my audience didn't care about that. And I knew that. So I had to turn to them and say, listen, I I need a day to think about how I can make this work for me. Because 
I can't do four days of garbage in my house, A, and B, my audience isn't going to want to hear about that. And that would be me selling out if I did a four-day garbage challenge. Um, So that post actually turned into a Caribbean fish taco recipe where in my story about the Caribbean fish taco recipe that gave this Caribbean fish taco recipe, I talked about how it was a Thursday night and we left early to go away for a long weekend. And my youngest daughter, who never finishes her food, (laughs) threw out a piece of Caribbean fish tacos into the garbage before we left. And lo and behold, when we came home from a long weekend of four days, the house didn't smell because of these wonderful garbage bags. Magic. Yes. But it's that connection so that now, again, that's a perfect example of the trash bag company. Now, you're not going to buy those trash bags online from my post. What's going to happen is you're going to go to your grocery store, going to do Instacart. And now when you're going through your trash bags, oh, well, I just heard her talk about how this is a great, it won't smell at my, yeah, let's get those trash bags. It's not the direct sale. It's the awareness that then comes from it is really what's key. Oh, that's so, and you know what? The first thing that jumps to my mind then is how do you go about pitching those ideas to brands, especially if you're talking about it's the awareness, especially if you're the beginning stages of your blog and don't necessarily have a large audience. Because one of the questions I get all the time is how many followers do you need before you start pitching? So I I mean, it's kind of a bit of a two-part question. Yeah. I mean, what do you have a magic number in mind or is it based on engagement? What is your viewpoint on how many followers you need to start pitching? I want to take a quick break and talk to you about Jenny's course, Pitch Perfect Pro, because this is the course that I took when I decided to take pitching seriously. I felt like I had everything else in the blogging world figured out, Instagram, email, collaborating with people, but... I knew that I was missing out on a huge opportunity to be pitching brands in a more efficient way. Where should I be finding brands to pitch? What should I be saying to them? How much should I be charging? What should a proposal look like? What do I need to put in a contract? These were all questions I was asking myself, but if I'm totally honest with myself, I was ignoring them because I had no idea where to find the information. So... After listening to Jenny's podcast for over a year, I ripped off the bandage and took the plunge into her course, Pitch Perfect Pro. And I'm so glad that I did because not only did it answer all of my questions, but within weeks of completing the course, I booked my first four-figure brand deal. So what kind of mom blogger would I be if I didn't grab the affiliate link for Jenny's course, Pitch Perfect Pro? Here I am. If you want to sign up, you can head to www.mumbreak.ca slash pitchperfectpro and check out more information today. Okay, now back to the interview. A lot of people seem to think that there's that magic number where the, you know, the skies open up and you hear this voice that says, you know, it's time to pitch. You've got that number. Um, But honestly, as long as you know your audience and your audience isn't just your mom, your sister, and your best friend. Like if you can tell me who your audience is, what are they coming to you for? Then you're ready to pitch because that's what the brand really wants. They want to get in front of that audience that maybe has that 30 something age range or 20 something age range, depending upon what it is that's interested in, um, or is the one that has all the buying power in the house or has kids at this age because they're looking 
to um, make baby food or whatever it might be that would be a perfect product. Um, So it really comes down to not necessarily a number of followers, but just do you know your audience? Do you know what they are coming to you for? And are you engaging with them? And when I say engaging, like all that means are you getting comments when you're doing your Instagram feed or is it literally just your mom? Because if it's just your mom, then you need to build that up first. (laughs) But if you're getting comments on Instagram, maybe Instagram stories, maybe comments on your blog, wherever it might be, or emails even, then you have that audience that you, you would be able to pitch. And in your experience based on working with brands, what kinds of audiences and what kinds of networks are they looking for? And I suppose it's industry dependent, but for instance, you messaged, you mentioned Instagram or Facebook, but are they looking for specific engagement or reach on different platforms? So right now, and of course this could change tomorrow because algorithms are constantly changing. Platforms are constantly changing. Um, but a lot of the brands right now are really paying attention to Instagram. If you were going to ask me what platforms, what social media platforms should I put my time and energy into, I would tell you Instagram without even hesitating. Um, there are just so many features that come along with Instagram as far as Instagram stories, IGTV, what's happening in the feed. There's just so many different ways to get in front of your audience and the stats are there um, as far as being able to say what your reach is and your impressions. And again, it's really not necessarily the number of followers. Um, for, so for the Melrose family account before I sold it, it was under, I'd never had 10,000 followers on that account. Um, I've never had the swipe up feature, even on my Jenny Melrose Instagram account. I do not have anywhere near 10,000 followers, but it's about the engagement that I can get in stories and get people talking to me and telling me what it is that they're interested in. And, oh, have you heard about this great new or this great new product or um, an ingredient that would be perfect to use here, here, and here, whatever it might be. Um, And you're able to really get that by using Instagram. So if that was where you were going to look to put your time and effort into as a social media outlet, I would definitely say Instagram without hesitating. And what are your thoughts from a pitching perspective on Pinterest? And I, I'm kind of, I'm very candid about the fact that I don't use Pinterest. I'm sort of lifestyle. It's, it doesn't fit with my audience right now, but if you get into recipe bloggers or DIY or home decor, Pinterest is a great place to Mm -hmm. drive traffic but do brands care about print Pinterest? They will still ask for it. But again, because the metrics are so difficult to track in Pinterest right now, especially with um, them going public recently, it's really not necessarily a matter of being able to know impressions and reach and all of that. When it comes to Pinterest, it's more if you can correlate it to page views, right? If you're a blogger and they're going to ask for your page views, when you report your information for Pinterest, when you do a media kit, you're going to give your follower number. A lot of people will say to me, oh, but I want to do my talking about number. And I'm like, yeah, no, because that changes <laughs> literally daily. You can't use that. Um, and it's hard for people to actually understand that. Uh, Kate All from Simple Pin Media, she actually has a great podcast. I was listening to it this morning about Pinterest metrics as far as when it comes to working with brands. And even she was saying it's just really difficult to track because of the way that the analytics are done over on Pinterest. So now am I going to tell you to totally ignore it? 
No, I got a ton of traffic that came from Pinterest on my lifestyle site because people are looking for recipes or they're looking for cleaning tips or they're looking for um, how to organize your baby photo pictures, whatever it may be. So it's a great way to drive traffic. It's not necessarily going to go into your pricing when it comes to putting together a proposal for a brand. Okay. It's really, you're using it more of a tool to pad your page views, which then would be used to be pitched. Yes, exactly. So that actually ties nicely into media kits. So I have, um, an interesting perspective on media kits, but again, one of the questions I get asked all the time is I feel as though, and again, we're talking to moms who are just starting out, they're just tackling and diving into pitching, but they feel as though before they can even start pitching, they need to spend all this time and energy creating the perfect media kit. And I find that that slows them down to actually get pitches out the door. To me, it's I'm of the perspective that get the pitches out the door and when you need a media kit, then make it. But Absolutely. yeah, right. We only have so much time in our day and you never know when the baby's going to scream or the toddler's going to have a fit. Right. But what is your best approach and strategy for what needs to go into a media kit when it comes time to make one? And in your mind, when is the right time to be focusing on a media kit? I think that you're absolutely right about getting those pitches out the door. So like I call it an initial pitch is where you send out that first email. And when you send out that first email, um, you're going to kind of talk about what is it you could possibly do for them, your reach, all of that kind of good stuff. But your call to action at the end is going to be, I'd love to send you a media kit and a proposal for your review. And then when they come back to you and say, sure, send me your media kit, that's when you need a media kit. So don't let it hold you up because pitching is a process. It's a process where you have to send an email and then you probably have to send three follow-up emails. People are busy. Um, I always have a lot of people that will say to me, Oh, I I sent an email and I didn't hear back. So I'm just, I'm just not ready for pitching. I apparently I'm too small. And I just kind of look at them like, no, Mm -hmm. they, they open the email. Like when did you send it? There's just so much that goes into whether, unless you hear an outright, no, you're not a right, you're not a good fit, then you continue to follow up and you continue to reach out to them and see if it could be a good fit. So I think as far as the media kit and like what it should include, I do have a podcast episode that I can actually give you a link to Erica, um, that goes really, really great detail about exactly what should be on it. But the main things are, you're going to put your numbers as far as your, followers for social media and your page views as far as your blog. You want to be able to have on there your metrics as far as who is your audience. So what percentage is female and what percentage is male? Where are they coming from? Um, If they're coming from US, what percentage? What percentage is Canadian? If you are international, a lot of people will ask me, I have quite a few, obviously, um, Canadian clients, since you are one Mm -hmm. of them, that will say to me, well, I have a larger U.S.-based audience. Can I reach out to U.S.-based companies? Yes. Do you sometimes run into, oh, well, we can't ship to you or whatever it might be? Sure. But you don't know if that's going to be the case until you reach out. A lot of times they will work with, I have clients that live in the Netherlands and Sweden and they'll still, U.S.-based companies will ship product to them um, 
to do sponsored content. So I wouldn't worry about as far as like where you are location wise, but tell them where your audience is, because if your audience is us based and then it makes sense to work with a U.S. company to reach out to them. Um, so you're going to have your metrics as far as who your audience is. You do want to have some pictures on there because pictures do matter, especially when we're talking about Instagram and even Pinterest, of course, too. Uh, whether it is a lifestyle shots that you're doing or if you're a food blogger, like your photos need to be on there so they can expect to see what kind of pictures they're going to see. And then you're obviously you want to do an about you and about the blog. And I always recommend writing that in third person. A lot of people will try to write it in first person and it just sounds more professional when it's written in third. Oh, it's so awkward in first person, I find. Yes. And people always try to do it that way or they'll switch tenses because they're not used to writing about themselves that way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just all mm-hmm. third person. Pretend like someone else wrote it. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. So... <laughs> What if you have really crappy metrics? And I, I am kind of just ripping off the bandaid with that question because not everybody is has great metrics ever, especially at the beginning, right? Like you mentioned page views. Yeah. What if your page views are absolute crap? Do you just, like for me, I know that I don't focus on page views as an example. So I build them into my overall reach and I don't mention them anywhere. <laughs> what do you propose and do brands specifically ask for pages these days still? I feel like they still will. I mean, it kind of depends upon what you're pitching. If you're pitching straight Instagram, then there's no reason necessarily to bring up your page views. But my feeling about following in page views is just put it out there. It is what it is. And it's only going to grow. It's only going to get bigger. And your pricing is going to be still based on that following and the page views that you're getting. That's just how we're used to doing pricing for the numbers wise. And of course, that's a whole nother story as far as like how to figure out your pricing and does it, it can vary because even brands will say that they can run into one Instagram user that has 10,000 followers, another one that has a thousand and they're both charging the same price. And, you know, it's definitely the wild, wild west (laughs) still when it comes to pricing. But I wouldn't try to hide those numbers. I always put them out there. Um, I, like I said, like my Instagram account was never large. It was actually really small compared to the rest of my site. I was around for nine years. I had a large following across lots of platforms, but Instagram just wasn't one of them because I shied away from it being a former teacher. All my students were on it and I didn't want to be on there because I didn't want my kids, my students um, following along with it. But I still had my following number on my media kit regardless. Okay. That's good to know. So, I mean, it's the, one of those things that people can find anyways. And I don't think people realize that is that all of the numbers right. that you have access to brands now have access to all of those numbers as well. There's tools that can find just about anything. So you're not people who think they're in pods and brands don't know. They know <laughs> we're not we're not pulling the wool right. over their eyes for anything. Yes. And I think that that's such a good point because the, the number one thing I would probably recommend is don't ever lie. Don't make up numbers. Don't make up page views. Don't make up followers. Just just tell them what it is and it is what it is and let your cards lie. Because again, they're not just looking for these huge macro influencers. They're now looking for the micro influencers. Um, I actually spoke at Everything Food Conference in Salt Lake a couple months ago. And the big thing was I spoke to the bloggers, but then I also spoke to the brands. And the question they kept getting was that they need to be able to go to their CEOs and 
be able to compare it to traditional media as far as when it comes to influencer marketing. So for them, it's about the number of eyes and that awareness of their brand. And if you can articulate that to the brand, that you can give them these eyes and this audience, that's what's going to matter to them. That, yeah, that's such a refreshing perspective. And it's, it's, um, a less stressful way of thinking about it too, right? So it's about knowing your numbers and your message and just seeing the value of what you do. Yes. And okay, I want to touch quickly on pricing here. <laughs> I know this is I know this is a big question and it's so the wild, wild west. It's, I mean, everyone has different perspectives on it. Everybody has different ways to come up with a price to pit whatever, whatever they're pitching. Is there a generic place that bloggers can start to find out should they be charging $5 or $5,000 just to get them in the range? Yes. So I mean, the biggest thing is industry standard, I guess you could say right now, as far as is Instagram, Instagram for every 10,000 followers that you have, you can normally charge a hundred dollars. So if you have 5,000 followers, you can charge 50 bucks for a post in the feed. And I would say if you have 2,500, you can charge $25. Just keep doing the math there. Um, and I, Instagram stories, I do, that's the exact same way that I do it. And some people are kind of like, wait, what? Um, I will do Instagram story for every Instagram story that I do. Every 10,000 is a hundred dollars. So if I have 10,000 followers and I'm doing five stories that tags the brand, then I am going to charge $500 for those five stories. Now, obviously I'm going to make sure that those stories get a ton of engagement and a ton of impressions and everything else that I need. But that kind of it's industry standard with Instagram. Um, socialbluebook.com is a website that I have used in the past. Some people have been having an issue with getting it to hook up correctly. And my understanding is that if you hook it up to your blog's analytics, you can only have your blog attached to it and it will give you a range of a rate that you can charge. Same thing. Like if you wanted to to turn that off, you wanted to sign up with a different email or even the same email and attach, like say your Facebook page, it could give you a range of a rate to charge for Facebook. Um, I kind of in my own head at this point, after doing this for so long, kind of have an idea of how much people can normally charge. Um, I would say for you have a hundred thousand followers for every hundred, not followers, a hundred thousand page views, you can normally charge about $500 for every hundred thousand page views for a blog post, for a blog post, just a blog post. And then I just want to clarify, please do. And then as you add in your social, um, you add it up from there, but what I highly recommend is that you put together a package. You put together multiple things that you're going to do for them, whether it's a blog post with regular social shares like Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, and an Instagram feed. And then also do something extra, like maybe five Instagram stories. Then you put together that price for all of it, not for each individual thing that you're doing, but that package price. That's amazing. And honestly, that's what I, that one of the, one of the biggest things, and you elaborate on this strategy, um, in your course, and I won't, you know, give too much away, but it's, that's sort of the top, the top level. And then you dive into how to actually apply it. And the application of that strategy has, is what has been landing me brand deals. Like the first brand deal that I landed right after your course was like 
five times the value of my previous brand deals. Like it was crazy because I packaged it together into almost like a marketing campaign based on that trash bag challenge example you gave earlier. Yes. That's exactly right. That's what you want to be able to do is because it's about if you just trying to do it, well, for a blog post, it's this and this and this, they're going to try to lowball you. Their job is to get it for as cheap as they can. Just like if they wanted to get TV advertising, they're going to try to negotiate a price on that TV advertising too. That's the job of the PR company or the job of the brand. So being able to put together a package, one price for everything that you could do for them. And I think you and I even actually talked when you had put together your proposal. I remember telling you, you were even undercharging, or I told you to take something out because you were delivering too much. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. I'm like, Wait a second. I feel like we, yeah, this was recent. <laughs> yeah. I sent to Jenny a last minute, like 7 PM message being like, I hey, help me, help me with pricing. <laughs> and it was great. So it was, um, Oh yeah. It was wonderful to have you there, but you're right. I was, it's, it's, it's a art figuring out what to charge and it's hard, but I like the idea of starting with that baseline of Instagram 10 K. And I want to point out to anyone who's listening to Canada for 10 K followers, it's hundred dollars us. So if you're Canadian and I've done this, so I've just, it's important because I've adjusted my pricing so that it's actually $133 Canadian. So don't undersell yourself, Canadians, if you're listening. Yes, that's such a good point. I always forget that. Thank you. Good old Canada. <laughs> um, and social blue book. And I think that's a really good point because what I do is I switch out the connections so that when I have my blog post, if I want to check something else, then I log out and log back in. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So that's some really great places to start. If uh, you have one of the one of the best podcasts, out there right now, you give away so much information for free. It's actually a bit crazy that, um, I'm not paying for the information on your podcast. That's actually how I found you as well. And how I signed up with you as a client. So I would, how else can people find you online and where can they find you to start stealing some of your free knowledge? Yes. So the podcast is influencer entrepreneurs with Jenny Mara's obviously on iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, and then the best place is honestly Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose. Um, I am constantly in my stories on my feed, IGTV. I just, for someone who hated Instagram for so long, <laughs> I am constantly on there now. It's my favorite platform now. And I just think it's because they have really tried to make it so that you can engage with your audience and understand more about them and create that sense of community. Oh, and I love watching your stories. I look forward to it every time I see the little bubble pop up. Because um, <laughs> it's always a combination of, you have the cutest girls, by the way. Um, they're, they're so friggin' sweet. And it's a nice combination of personal and some really valuable tips on there. So um, thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> of course. And I just want to say, I want to give Jenny a really quick shout out. So her course, Pitch Perfect, um, Pitch Perfect Pro is one of the one that I took and I took it, I don't know how long ago I took with it, but it was awesome. So I want to say that if any of you have questions about it, feel free to reach out to me offline um, because it's actually, it's one of the reasons why my brand sales have been, is my biggest revenue stream right now. So thank you for also creating an awesome course. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that was probably one of the scariest things I did because you talk about how, you know, bloggers talk about selling out. Um, and I think it was the same thing with creating a course and taking on this kind of other side of my, well, this whole other 
new business that I now have had for <laughs> three years. Um, it was really scary because that was the same thing. Who am I? You know, that imposter syndrome of who am I to be putting this out there? Um, but I mean, for me, I, that I saw too many really big bloggers that had huge page views talking about sponsors and they couldn't tell you their process because they didn't have a process. They got an email in their inbox and they asked for $5,000 and the brand said, sure. That's just not reality for many of us that are starting out that want to create a consistent income. And for me, that was how I was able to, I was inner city school district teacher. I was able to replace that teaching salary just with sponsored posts. Like that was my out. Um, and once I figured out the process, it was just a matter of putting it back out there for everyone else. And yeah, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And it's such a unique formula too. And it's, I mean, I would love if someone emailed me and just offered me five grand to work with me, but it's, that's not the reality (laughs) of it, right? Like I hustle to get my deals and I hustle with the, and you give it such you're you can tell you're such a teacher because it's really it's the step by step process to getting that outcome. It's great. Yes. No, the teacher in me definitely comes out, especially when I can tell people are coming into the Facebook group that goes along with it and asking questions where they're clearly have not been going in order. And I have no <laughs> problem calling them out and being like, um, don't think you're going through it sequentially. How about you start there? <laughs> I think I've actually seen you do that a few times. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I, I just want to thank you for joining me. I I think that you have such an interesting perspective on pitching and you've done it all. So I really encourage you guys to go follow her podcast. Check out Pitch Perfect Pro if you're in, in that space. But at the very least, start with podcasts. You give away so much great knowledge there. It's awesome. Thank you. No, I love doing it. I love to talk. So I I love doing interviews like this. It's just one of my favorite things because I remember what it was like to struggle and not feel like you could find those answers. And I just love being able to lift women up, especially so that they can see that they're running a business and they can help provide for their families. It's really about that for me. It's such a, it's such a refreshing perspective. It's great. Thank you for doing that for us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to grab the show notes for today's episode, which includes a summary and the key links that we talked about, just head to mumbreak.ca slash episode seven using the number seven. You can also sign up for Tuesday newsletter notifications, which are a little bit different because they include a weekly email for when a new episode is released. But there's if there's also a worksheet or downloadable that's included in the episode, I'll send that to you as well so that you're not filling out a, a new form every single time you want one. If you're liking Mom Blogging Unplugged, I'd love if you could leave a review or subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And if you want to follow me online, you can head to my personal blog on Instagram at mum.break or follow along on this podcast at mumbloggingunplugged. Have a fantastic day. Okay.